With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, this is Chesney Hawks here. You are watching My Hammers 11 with the one and only Russ. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and wherever your channel. Please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon to be made of any time putting new content on. As always, let's thank our lovely channel sponsors. Untuck it, check them out in the description below. Done. Today's guest, uh, another ex-hammer, um, <laughs> and and uh, currently uh, manager at the Daggers, Dagger and Redbridge. It's Daryl McMahon. How, how are you doing, Daryl? How are you, man? Are you great? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. How's how's things for you in this sort of crazy world we live in at the moment? Uh, very very different. I think um, it, it's been the most difficult season. I think player role manager that we've had because of everything going on. Um, just trying to navigate our way through it, and, and looking forward to the day when everything gets back to normal. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's starting to, isn't it? It seems like you know, especially next week, the pubs are open. That's what every man, you know, the pubs are open next week. Everyone's got the clock on. Time up. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I'm exactly the same. Literally, like waiting for the pubs to open. Well, I'm I'm not a pub person. I'm really am not a pub person. But for some reason, this 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 date is like a really exciting date. I'm looking forward to. I think because it means you know. You know, everything else starts to open. The shops start to open a little bit more and stuff. So I think, yeah, it's, the pubs is great. But, you know, I think my, my daughters and my wife have had enough of, of not going to Next or, or Blue Water or stuff like that or, or, or Lakeside. So hopefully we'll, they can go and do some stuff differently rather than watching Netflix, for example. Yeah, I agree. Two young girls my wife, they're looking forward to going shopping as well. There's enough. Yeah. I'm fed up putting the car bar boxes out, to be honest. So it's nice to be shopped. I, I permanently, I, I think the guy, the Amazon guy, literally knows who my first name now. Um, <laughs> so many parcels is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And uh, and obviously, you know, in in terms of you, you guys, obviously, back to so my daughter, it's Easter holidays. My daughter decides she wants to come and say hello. Um, and obviously, 
how's the season going for you guys at the moment? Obviously, the Daggers, obviously synonymous with West Ham. You know, lots of lots of old players went to play for the Daggers and stuff as well. How's it? And obviously, the, the women play there as well. So, how's it going for you at the moment, the season, man? Yeah, I think we probably would, would like to be a bit higher than we are. I mean, brutally honest, I think we um, we signed some good players in the summer. Um, we've been so stop start, and it's every time we've kind of flowed this year. We've probably in December we got into a really good vein of form, and we have, we were off for two weeks for COVID, and then it happened again in um, February time. So it's, it's, it's been it's been so stop start for us. So it's been difficult, but it's been the same for everybody else. And I'm, like I said before, I'm just looking forward to hopefully getting some normality back and. It's the little things as well, you know, around the training ground. We can't use the, the changing rooms still. And you literally drive up in your car and get out of your car and go onto the pitch and then train and go home. It's been difficult to build that kind of team spirit at our level when you when you sign new players, etc. But um, as I say, looking forward to finishing the season strong and then we'll get ready for next season. Yeah, I think a lot of people are doing the same, aren't they? It seems that, particularly in the Premier League, like teams like you know Southampton and Wolves, they they seem to like literally not put their feet up already, but they're just like almost shutting the door this season. One team that's not is West Ham, of course. <laughs> on the go. It's all good. We're still going. We can't. We don't want this season to end, do we? West Ham, bloody hell! It's uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a special special season for us at the moment, which is great and. Uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be even a special one. All we've got to do is win the next eight games now. That's all we've got to do, win the next eight games, win the Champions League. It's not too much to ask, surely. If only it was that easy, but no, they're playing great, aren't they? I mean, Monday night it was terrific against Wolves. A tough place to go against Wolves. And, and I mean, Lingard's been awesome, isn't he? Oh. He's been absolutely terrific. Give it another dimension, I think. He really has. He really has. And, but it's just the whole team, you know, and it's like, you know, it just seems, you know, there's a real buzz and i mean as a manager you know we you know when you're in a good when you're in a good spot with a team when there's a buzz around it there seems a buzz around the team around the training staff and the club itself and yeah i mean i mean i've been working technically for the club for 20 years 20 seasons this is my 20th season and it's probably the most excited i've been from an insider because you can see you can feel it and so look it's yeah the the boys are doing great moise is doing great the backroom staff are doing great so hopefully See where this journey takes us, isn't it? We'll see where it takes us. Can't be big for sure. I'll be mental, absolutely mental. But I don't want. But I don't want like if we had Champions League or whatever, Europe would be great. Anywhere in Europe, I don't want to play Real Madrid or Barcelona because you know you've been to Spain on holiday and Portugal. I want to go to Liechtenstein, some little farming team, you know, that little village where the West Ham lot will just turn up and take over the whole village. Yeah. I'm not sure other than Mr. Gold prefer that. I think they'd rather go to Paris, Barcelona, to be honest. I'm sure, I'm sure they would. But yeah, for me, yeah, for me, it's. Uh, I think that'd be fun. It'd be a great time. But uh, no, we'll see what happens. Anyway, anyway, but we're not talking about West Ham now. We're talking about West Ham in the past. And obviously, for anyone sort of um, to, new to West Ham, you know, obviously, Daryl, you, you signed as a as a trainee in '98, weren't it? And spent like four years at the club. Yeah, nine, I was there in '99 to 2004. Um, I moved out from Dublin in 99, um, signed professional when I was 17 against Arsenal at Upton Park on the pitch. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember what year that was now. Uh, what when was I 17? Uh, year 2000 it would have been. Um, we had a great time at the club, played with some good players, brought some great coaches, um, met my girlfriend, now wife, while I was there. All the, my in-laws are all West Ham mad. Um, so it's been a big part of my life. I'm moving from Dublin to here now, and still with me now. 
Yeah, fantastic. And and obviously moving to Dublin was a, obviously moving. You know, a lot of people obviously moved to. You know, obviously you you, you moved across the water. You know, was it always going to be West Ham you were signing for, or was there other clubs available at the time you're talking to? Yeah, I went. I was. I played for Dublin against Belfast, and I was under twelve. Uh, I was eleven years old, and that was the first time kind of scouts come over to watch the best of Dublin against the best of Northern Ireland, basically. And um, everybody was there, Arsenal, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea, West Ham, obviously. Um, and at that time, I used to get a letter nearly every day from a club to go on trial. So every holiday for me was Easter holidays, summer holidays. I was in England on trial for somebody. And um, probably the biggest ones that really chased me were Chelsea. I, I used to get Christmas cards and birthday cards from Gali Hullet at the time, who were the managers there. Um, but as soon as I come to West Ham, Probably to be brutally honest, you know, Chadwell Heath, especially back in them days, it was probably the worst training ground around, to be honest. Yeah. But it was a charm at West Ham that just made me feel at home, that it was a working class area of London. I'm from a working class area of Dublin, and um, I just settled in. And, and it was probably unusual for me and my age group of Ireland because the lads who were in my team of Ireland all went to the same club. So two or three of them at Sunderland, two or three of them at Man City. But I went on my own to West Ham. I was the only one who probably went on his own. I just felt I felt so at home in the environment there, and I made feel so welcome, and um, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, yeah, I can I can get that as well. You know, it's sort of like there's this sort of East End charm, isn't there? Around you know, <laughs> sp- yeah. spit and store dust, and it always we will be like that. You know, I, I don't want to see us this polished club because that's not West Ham. We, as you said, sort of like you know, we we make do, we get things working, and. The walking it's a walking class club i think with a walking like you said a walking class fan base and i think that's the strength of the club to be honest i think the players who come through it and through the academy and playing the first team have probably got family who are huge fans etc and they know exactly what the fans expect to see and i think it's just, i really do believe that's the strength of the football club mm, exactly and as you said you know you, you met, met your wife which is brilliant and, and you know her family all west ham fans and so you know and obviously you know, manager at Daggers, that's in the same area. It's not like, you know, you can get away with it, really, to be fair. <laughs> locked in now. Yeah, it's it. you're locked in now. That's it, Dal, you're locked in for life. And obviously, yeah, I mean, and coming in, obviously, you know, that we, you know, at that time you'd have seen, obviously, you know, we could speak about some of the players that you would have trained with and stuff, but, you know, there was obviously a big influx of, of youth coming through the first team as well. So, you know, for you as well, going in, going, Christ, you know, this this could be me. You know, I can see it's not like some of the bigger clubs now, They, you know, their academies are full of players who are never going to play for the first team. Whereas there at that time at West Ham, there was a, a conveyor belt with Tony Carr, wasn't there, really, of, of talent coming through? Yes, um, I joined the year after the youth cup when they yeah. Um, so I sat behind the dugout for the game at Upton Park. And I remember, I tell people this, that I sat next to Frank Lampard and I can't remember Steve Lomas or Park hits one of them. And Joe, Joe Cole done that little flick over the lad's head and the Rabona. Yeah. I Frank turning around going, right, I'm off. I'm not playing in midfield with him. I'll get shown. <laughs> and the of, of that team, that youth team was, was incredible. And, and the... And the freedom that Tony had given them to go and express themselves as well was superb. And the back three as well, who, who didn't play, Terrell Forbes, Izzy Erekpen and Devon Angus, they were, they were terrific footballers as well. Adam Newton, Bertie Bray, Garcia, Michael Franti, they were all very, very good players, all of them. Yeah, and you just sort of, as you said, you started that, you joined like the year after, so there was a big sort of, imagine, you know, there was a big... 
big buzz, another big buzz yeah. around because it's like it, there was this crop of players coming through. And they were on the tours team, and because the training ground was so small, yeah, everybody was just like that all the time. So it wasn't like it is now, where you go to a big training ground at Chelsea or Man City or Tottenham, where there's two different sites for yeah. the tours team and the youth team and the reserves, etc. It was just one little Chad relief, and we were all squashed in together and. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd go in on a, on a Monday morning and you go into a little gym or Razor Ruddocks and then go, right, I'll give you a game of crossbars. So I can remember playing Razor or crossbars. So you go in and you go, we'll play for 50 quid. And bearing in mind, I was a youth team player. That's what I mean, yeah. You quit a week. So your bravado says, go on then. So I managed to win this game and he went to me, I'll go and get the money out of my car. But he's thrown me his car keys. So I've gone to his car and he's got two Doberman in there. <laughs> so I left the 50 quid in there. I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. But uh, you, had, you had that closeness with the Forest team. Yeah. I thought that's the, the charm the club had and, and, and the characters in the Forest team as well were so accepting of young players and wanted to help everybody. And it was a, it was a brilliant environment. Really yeah. Was. And particularly for yourself, who sort of, you know, came over on your Todd as well, you know, being sort of welcomed in there. And as I said, we've had, we've had Newt song, we've had Izzy on, we've had, obviously, you know, we've had Joe on, we've had loads of these players on. And, and that's what comes through is, is having that sort of, um as you said sort of having like being so close and being i mean that first team as well was such a bunch of characters yeah. that you had to sort of you had to give it otherwise you're going to get lost a little bit in this in the rat race it seemed it was sink or swim really and, and it was simple as that you 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 go in day one so i'm trying to think back when i first joined with ian Wright, razor uh steel pierce so some really, really, really big characters and, and people have had great careers and and um, but they, they loved seeing you give it back to them. There was wasn't when obviously, you know, rude personal except as long as you did it with a bit of bit of humour in it. I think it was accepting from everybody that it was it, 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 it was a great place to be and a great place to learn and, and still now when you see people, for example, this summer, uh, Joe called me, Cole called me because he was he was training for um Live Aid or whatever, not Live Aid, it's called the football one. Yeah, yeah, like Soccer Aid. Yeah. We've probably been tagging him and training for two or three weeks with us um, every day and great to have him in and great to let out my lad to see Joe and speak to Joe and train with Joe, etc. So we've all been set up to get all of us. Yeah, uh, of And that's the thing, I mean, and that, that, that is always the case. I mean, it does seem with that sort of, that, that, that sort of youth team and that sort of squad that you know people still talk, talk a lot to each other and, and there's still as you said you know the fact that you know joe could call you and you can go to you can go and train for a couple of weeks at the ground and it's 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 lovely it's lovely to hear that because i think some people i think now in the modern game particularly people move so much that you don't seem to it's like in, in 30 years time i'm not i don't envisage going down to the queen's theater and seeing a, an evening with sebastian haller and felipe anderson do you know what i mean <laughs> i'd still would still see tc and maca would still see him do you know same stories but we'll still see him and and, and you see size guys like yourselves you know and I know the club are doing a lot of stuff with the, with the, with the um with the youth team kit, team that won. You know, they I mean Bertie and stuff. They said they did um you know evenings and stuff. And, and it's, yeah, it's so important, man. It's so important. And obviously, you must have learned a lot then taking to your playing career and then going into your management career as well. Because I mean, you know, Harry Redknapp being one of your one of your the, the people sort of you're coaching. Not coaching, you didn't really do much coaching, but you know what I mean, sort of. Oh, Harry signed me. Yeah. So when I signed. I played in the Mill Cup on the, I'm fast forward a little bit, I played in the Mill Cup on the 14 final. 
that we played at West Ham. We played against Crew Alexandra in the final. Dean Ashton, funnily enough, they beat us 3 1. He's got a hat trick. But I scored the other goal from near the halfway line. And um, it was a decent goal. Probably the best I've ever scored, to be honest. <laughs> um, and I've signed not long after that for the club. And I remember Harry speaking from my mum and dad, obviously. Um, who'd only ever seen him on the TV, that he'd look after me and take care of me and he'd be under my wing. And again, that was the bit of the charm that Harry had for the academy. And he, he was brilliant for the academy as well in terms of getting, getting kids in. And I would have signed at the same time for the club sign, Leon Britton, Jermaine Defoe. We had an Italian lad called Emmanuel Cascioni, who was a very good player, Daniel Scholand. Um, so we all signed that probably the same summer. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah, it was. No, it was a great time. And as you said, and and that to me, I think you got in at the right time because, if for a fan's perspective, it, you know that was probably the last time. I mean, obviously Harry was very easy. Would love to blood the youth the youth team players in, which was good. But also from a, a personality perspective, I, I think that was probably the last squad that was really fun. You know, it's a fun. I mean, I mean, no disrespect to football now. Football was very professional, you know, particularly in the Premier League, and you don't get characters like Razor and Ian Wright anymore, do you? Or John Moncur. Yeah, yeah, monks are crazy. No, you don't. You definitely don't. And, and they can't even parallel the can you? I can remember a game in training before, and um, when the net wasn't quite stuck to the post, so it was next goal the winner, and Paolo's hit on the outside of the post, didn't go onto the goal, but went through the back of the net. He ran off. He ran off celebrating. <laughs> Like, right, training over Paolo's team one, and then you get Lomi and Monko and Menko. I didn't even go in. And it was just, there was always that kind of stuff going on that, you know, wouldn't happen today because the net to be put on properly. Yeah. But it was a great time, and like you said, and there was some terrific footballers there as well. Yeah, you've, I mean, we've listed about 30 or so. We, we said just before, you know, we talked about you doing the Hammers 11, and you've done, you could have done three teams easily, couldn't you, really? Um, there's some great players, great players. And that's why I love doing this show, because like you talk about certain people, as you said, you know, even like Monk, we had Monks on, he's a, he was a nutter and he said Paolo's and, you know, it was just a, a great time. There was such a such a bunch of characters. It was a really fun time. I think that Red Nap era was a real fun time for a fan because it was just a soap opera. It was and literally a soap opera. Well, that, that, that team played because there were so many Mavericks in it, I think. Trevor Sinclair, like what a player Sinks was. Um, Carrick coming through, like you said, Joe, Paolo, Canute, just after that, one chop could do things that no one else could do. Could fall over the ball sometimes, but he had some ability, Paolo, one chop. Repka coming in after that, there was so many good players that you play with. So you look at Yeah. And obviously, you know, obviously, you know, you didn't, you didn't manage to break into the first team. We've had a lot of players, we've had a lot of, obviously, people like Newts and stuff who never broke in as well. Um, and, and so was it hard when, when you decide, when, you know, when you, when you moved on, was it, was that a conscious decision to, to get some game time? There was too many, or was there a reason, you know, was it a, a, a number of things? Probably the year we got relegated when Ben got ill, that year was my best year, probably, to be honest. I'd. I think I scored about 28 goals from midfield in the youth and reserve teams, and and, and I was really close with Glenn. Um, as the year Glenn, so me and Glenn Johnson were in the same youth team. Uh, so Glenn Rod was the manager, and I spoke to Glenn. And Glenn, bearing in mind that I had Joe Cole, Blair, Bowyer, Carrick, Lomi, Monks, all in midfield, pretty good players, I think, to be fair. <laughs> but Glenn had said to me that if we weren't in this relegation battle he would have played me he would have given me an opportunity because I've been playing well and he liked me and never really come and then we got relegated um, I signed a new contract in that summer when we got relegated um, 
then Glenn obviously left into that season and Alan Pardew come in. And the the day after Alan come in, the day before he came in, sorry, I played a reserve game against Nos Forest and played quite well. And I've seen him the next day. And I was due to play for Ireland on the 20s against Italy in the following week. And then I had, I had to ask permission to go and play. And it was the same night that we played Spurs at White Hart Lane in the League Cup. Away. And he said to me that you might be subbing that. But I'd been out injured for a little while and I wanted to play for Ireland. And I ended up going and playing for Ireland and getting injured again. And that was probably the start of my decline a little bit, if I'm being honest, at the club. And then I played for the reserves, never really got an opportunity to still train with the Fools team and travel with the Fools team, but never really got an opportunity to play. Um, and I needed to play then. I was getting to an age, you know, getting to 21, where I needed to sort of be playing Fools team football, had to have a career. And I went out to Port Vale at the end of that season. Yeah, and as you said, I think, and it's funny. We've had, as I said, recently, we've had a lot of uh, of, of players who, who started the youth team and then decided to move on to have, you know, long careers in in, in the lower leagues. Which so I said, you know, we had Izzy on, who obviously played so many games with Swansea and Scunthorpe. We had Hodges on. We've had Newt, so obviously went to Peterborough and stuff. And and I think there's, and that 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 shows the 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 because I think nowadays there's a lot of people who would. Who would stay in the in a a Premier League academy, pick up yeah. their money, and play reserve team football? But you had the desire to play first team football, and obviously you went to the Orient, you went to Stevenage, you know, you played some, you know, Farnborough, loads of loads of loads of games, and yeah. so it was sort of a it was a conscious decision. And I think that's that's really commendable with all of you guys who we've spoken to have done that. Cause some people could have easily picked up the money and carried on. I really, think couldn't they? With, with kind of my age group and, and before. We were taught, we were given the tools to be able to survive at the lower levels because yeah. we were mollycoddled and, you know, I've walked to Tottenham's Academy, for example, which is a fantastic academy and the kids have got everything. And same as all of them now, not just Tottenham, but I'm just saying that because I, I, I walked there for a bit and we didn't. We knew that we understood hard work. We understood the graft you got to put into in games of football. We understood bad pitches, holes in your boots, just got on with it. And I think that's different. I'm not sure that many kids now would be able to go from a Premier League club, get released, go to a National League club or a, a League Two club and be able to really survive. Mm. It's not easy because you're not I don't think you're given the tools now that we were back then and it was, it was a different time. And I think most of us who didn't make the grade at West Ham went out and had careers elsewhere and are still in the game now. There's a lot of us, you know, you can go Grant McCann, Richard Garcia, Australia. You know, there's, there's lots of us that are still working in football. You know, he's an agent now, and there's lots of people that's involved in the game. Definitely, we've got we've, we've got Richie coming on all the way from Perth Glory. He's coming on a couple of weeks' time, bless him. Yeah, good. So, I was together, so we had digs. That was the other reason as well. I think we had such a good relationship and connection with that youth team. Was there was ten of us who lived together brilliant. in the Romford, which was which was which was a great life. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Romford nightlife as well. I live in Ormchurch, so I know all about that, my man. But yeah. <laughs> I was a Loughton boy first, but now I'm now I'm a church boy. But yeah, I can get that now, and and that that's that's half the thing I think with, um, you know, we've we've a lot of people, a lot of people who come for the youth team. I think people don't realise. I mean, even someone like Declan, he 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 mentioned in an interview a few months ago that he he basically to move from Chelsea to West Ham, he moved, and so he didn't see his mum until the weekend or something like that because he had to move out from where he lived to. And I think a lot of people don't realise that. You know, you're young young lads, and you're living away from home but you're living in another country really um 
but as you said it brings your bond a stronger bond together in terms of that team and, and a bond which you've now continued forward into your professional life which is brilliant i, I love it as well you're, you're kind of used to failure because most you know you fail more than you win in football no matter what you look at a training day you don't train well or a game you lose or a performance you don't play well and you just have you you have that strength of character to kind of bounce back and walk hard and we're definitely taught that from an early age away. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, okay. Let's talk. Let's let's stop delaying the inevitable. Let's talk about the Hammers eleven now. As I said, you know, you, you, typical manager. You know, you've been making notes and stuff. You know, you, you get that the people who are still in the game, they 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 take it seriously. You know, I remember Newts was like, you know, bless Newts, he's a cabbie in it, and he was like, oh, he was like sitting there, like, he didn't, you know, he thought he would have done it on one of his off days, but anyway. Um, so the whole idea is you you pick an eleven from the players that you've played or trained with. Well, yeah. that, that's basically it. So that, that's sort of, you know, five, four or five years you spent at the club. Obviously, you trained with lots of first-teamers, youth teams, you played in the youth team, reserves, whatever. Yeah. That's what we're going to do with. So that's how we're going to do it. So we'll start off in goal, Daryl. Yeah. Who's going to go? I've gone with David James, who I would have obviously trained with and played a lot of pre-season games with. Uh, obviously, played with Stephen Bywater, David Ford. But I've gone with James, obviously, he's an unbelievable goalkeeper and a huge character as well. Yeah, he's he's Nick's number one spot. <laughs> he's Nick number one spot. Yeah, he's a top boy, and he's still a top boy. Now we had him on recently the other day. It was quite funny, and he did his eleven, and then the next day he was filming something with someone I know, and they were talking about because I've I know them as well. So they were talking, and he texted me afterwards, not James, but the guy I was talking to, um, and he he couldn't believe that he'd forgotten Paolo Di Canio in his eleven. He'd not put Paolo Di Canio in his own. He'd put Canute and Defoe. Completely forgot about Paolo. He couldn't believe. So he wants to come on and do another one. But anyway, it's not going to happen. He made a mistake. He made a mistake, Jamie. It's a crazy man. Right, defense. You go through the team as you've got it written down, Daryl. I've got three of the back. So I'll go Anton Ferdinand right centre half. Yeah. Thomas Rector in the middle, and Stuart Pearce on the left. Oh. That is no nonsense, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Oh, where's, where's old Thomas Repka? Let me find Thomas Repka. Oh, Thomas Repka, he still scares me on his I Instagram. Love Thomas Repka. I think anyone who was there at the time with Thomas Repka and his class would always love Thomas. He was there. He used to drive in every day in his big black Mercedes with the window just a little bit open with his smoke coming out. <laughs> right in. With his metallic and music blaring out. And he'd come in and kick nine bells out of everyone every day. He was, uh, he was a tough man, but he was, a, he was a competitor and a winner. And he was a... Yeah, and and I think about Thomas. Rep, the thing about Thomas Repka is he, um, you know, he, he played the hard man, and he was a hard man. Um, but there was obviously when he when he famously finished his time at West Ham, he obviously was was crying like a baby that last game. I remember that game very very well, and um, yeah, still has an incredible affection for the club as well. So. Yeah, <laughs> but he still scares me. Honestly, it's like when we, yeah, I'd send him a, a WhatsApp or not WhatsApp, a, a Instagram message, and he'll send it back. And I, he, and even that, I'm scared of reading it. And it's just like three crossed hammers. And he still scares me from the Czech Republic, wherever he's at the moment. But yeah, top boy. And obviously Stuart Pierce as well. I mean, psycho. Yeah, so I only really trained at Pierce when I come in as a, as a youngster. So he was. I put him in because he's a legend. He, he yeah. was a what a player, what a man. Um, he must have been 39 then. I'm still not 39 yet. No, he's a, he was he was an incredible player, a competitor, and what a left foot, hammer of a left foot. Yeah, brilliant player, and obviously famously won Hammer of the Year that season, I think, yeah. which was 
not bad as you said for a 39 year old and um and obviously you know still doing obviously still doing you know working with the club now um and i think you know that backroom stuff they've got now with piercy and kevin nolan and, and people like that is is you know doing great great things yeah they are now we're your top man piercy and we're what player top, yeah. top, top man right okay okay so there's your back three yeah. uh right who's gonna be next who's gonna be next al wing back so right wing back glenn johnson yeah and left wing back travis sinclair Oof, i'll tell you what that's this that's 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 tasty that is tasty i can't find glenn johnson god where's old glenn gone where's ben no glenn there we go glenn johnson yeah top boy oh, yeah glenn. So we, we were obviously the same age went to the same youth team together before he um went off to chelsea and uh, top player great athlete uh, he's a really good guy as well, like a really, really tough fella. When I had a career, obviously, with England and Liverpool and stuff like that, and still down to earth, still speaks maybe now and then as well, and he's a good guy. Yeah, and obviously, you know, if anyone's waiting for the golf club, golf courses to open, it was Glenn, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love a game of golf. <laughs> Isn't it? I never, until I started doing this show, I never realised how much golf footballers play. Yes. I, I thought it was a piss take. I always thought it was a piss take, but literally everyone is playing golf, you know, and I think, you know, now particularly when, when that's sort of a week before it started, you saw on Instagram and things, everybody was still, was starting to get their little nets out in their gardens and, oh, oh brilliant. And and obviously then Tricky Trev, Tricky Trev on the left wing back. Yeah, slightly out of position. He probably played there more for England than the left and West Ham really, but can't leave Sinks. I love Sinks, how hard he will. He was a uh, goals he scored. He scored some great goals. Um, a funny guy as well, and just he was good. He was good with the youth team players as well. He, he was. Trevor was one of them that he'd always stay after training with any youth team player to, to practice stuff and do stuff. And uh, he was an infectious character. He had so much energy. It was incredible. He is, and yeah, he's a top top boy. He's, he's done. He's been. He's done a lot of things for the channel and stuff as well. He's he's a really nice guy and and still loves the club. And um, and yeah, I mean, he was like yeah. But it was the I always tell him in this story. He was like my my granddad, bless God rest his soul. He he was um, a bit blind towards the end, and um, and basically anything that was done good by a, a black player for West Ham was Trevor Sinclair. Could have been Defoe, could have been Shaka, but it was always Trevor Sinclair. It was always bloody Trevor Sinclair, only good player we got. But yeah, Sinks is a, a top boy, top boy. Right. I tell you, this is looking good, this team, man. I like it. I like it. Right, okay. So, and obviously, because now we've picked Trevor, he'll like the like the video because he likes everything like, he gets put in. So, it's, there we go. There we go. Social engagement. Right, okay. So, Sinks is in. Um, who is going to be next? Go on, you open your, your Haribo. <laughs> your daughter's one. All right. I know, Dale. I know. You'll probably hear her in a minute. Um, for the three in midfield, I'll go Michael Carrick. Joe Cole and no, Mark Noble. Cool. That ain't bad at all. Jesus. So I'm typing them in as we go along. Joe Cole and my and and Noble. Tell me about tell me about Carrick. Tell me about old Mickey Carrick. Yeah, so we used to live in Diggs with Mike. He I love Mike. I think he was so underrated as a player. I incredible. agree. Um, best one touch player you've you've seen really. Um Played the game at his own pace. Played the game at his tempo, and he's hard to get near. Yeah. Don't be silly. Um, but yeah, no, he's a top boy. Oh, it was. 
it's just amazing, isn't it? One of those players, I think, Daryl, that you know, there's certain players who who you don't realise how good they are until they're not in the team anymore. And and everywhere Carrick's gone, he's never been replaced, in my well, opinion. Like the best thing you can say about Michael is that he, he made everyone else better. Yeah, he was, you know, he was a midfield player that passed the ball to you, and you didn't give it away because his pass was so good to you. To get, he gave mm-hmm. it to you the right time, the right side. He was a he was a terrific football player, and uh, I'm sure he'll go into management. I know he's obviously assistant manager at United now, but I'm sure he'll go into management and, and, and coach before the, before the down the career, and he's the top man, top, top man. Definitely, and then we obviously we 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 we've mentioned Joe, but we'll talk about him a bit more um, yeah. as as a player. He, you know, what can you say about him? He wasn't bad. He I was think, all right. Yeah, Joe is the one. Probably again, this, I would have been fifteen years old probably. So I've just joined the club and we're playing Aston Villa away on the seventeen game. Peter Braybrook's manager. So Joe broke his leg. Was it against Derby? Someone like that. Uh, at around that time. But Joe was actually playing in the 17s against Aston Villa, which is ridiculous, to be honest. So he's played an hour just to get him fit, basically. And he's done all sorts of mad things like he does. And this is what I used to love about Peter Braver. So he caught me on and I'm like, come on, you're going on for Joe. It would have been my fourth game for you in the 17s. So I'm playing two years to book myself. And he went, just do what Joe did. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. Just do what Joe did. Brilliant. Go out there, do some step overs and a cry for the backfields and go and enjoy yourself. And it put me at ease though, because I just thought, oh, I might as well try some stuff then. And I'll, I'll try that. And it was, uh, but Joe was, Joe was different class, absolutely yeah. different. Class. As well. he's, he's a top top bloke. Oh yeah, top boy, isn't he? He's, he's and I and again, he's it's, it's it's funny how many of as you said that your sort of you that your sort of age group or that sort of that that sort of group of youth team players and, and, and slightly younger and stuff as well have gone into management. You mentioned Grant, you mentioned Richard, you know Joe. I think I think Joe's going to be you know Carrick. Obviously, I think Joe's going to be a fantastic manager. He's a, you know, he's a great analyst. He's a great pundit yeah. on BT Sport. I think the thing is with us as well, like again, my kind of age group, I'd say, and I'm older than me, is that I just love football. Yeah, I do, and I speak to like I've obviously got two daughters, but I speak to a friend of mine yesterday. He's got a young son. I said about him playing football, and he, he's an ex-footballer as well. And he said, oh, he doesn't really play. You can take it or leave it." We had no choice. Yeah. You're not a player, you're getting in trouble. Well, I think that some of the other things for kids to do now, we we were so like, zoned in on football and trying tricks and trying to be better than, you know, watching something on match of the day and trying to copy it. And so you stay out after training for hours just practicing tricks that's going to make them up. And that, yeah. that was how your day was spent because there was, there was nothing else to do. And, and, and we all loved it, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think, I think that's, and there's no. There's no, there's no looking away from that, you know. As you're right, I think there is. I think you know, it does seem that sort of that group. There was just so much love for the foot, love for football, and as you said, that youth team final, you know, just literally, you know, tearing Coventry a new one, you know, over those two legs. It's, yeah, no, it was, it was, a, it was a great time. And obviously, you mentioned Nobes as well, so we got to talk about Nobes. He's, he's, he's played a few games for us. Yeah, he's not bad as he knows. No, Nobes right. probably rolls the best. But I said about Joe, so. I was playing then in the 17 a couple of years later, and Noel played in my team, so when he was been under 15, so he came on. Um, I think him and Carl Reid were the two, and Ishmael Welsh, maybe the three of them, come up from in the 15s to play for us on a Saturday. And normally, to be honest, when you had a player come up to our team, it was they were normally physically really good or strong for their age, yeah. but quite small. But his brain, one touch again, two touch football, was 
was excellent. He just settled easily into our team at that age, and he had a real maturity about him when he was kind of 14, 15 years old. And we knew he was going to be a special player when he came in and was so composed on the ball. Um, and he's gone on to have a hell of a career. And, it, and, and another lad that we spoke about that knows exactly what West Ham's all about. Yeah. Where he's about, what the fans are about, and he loves the club, and he's been a great servant for the football club. He really has. Definitely, I totally agree, man. Yep, that's a tasty midfield free. Right up front, or whatever you're going to do up front. Um, Paolo's got to be in the team. I think anyone who's been at West Ham and yeah. been there to leave that Paolo was crazy. Um, an absolute genius, uh, a madman off the pitch. Um, but what, what, what a talent! What a talent! Just some of the things he's doing training every day were just, you know, outrageous. To be honest, you can't even you can't even explain some of the things he used to do and his his standards, his stories. Um, I remember being young doing a weight session with the youth team in the gym, and Paolo stayed into a bit extra after training one day. And within five minutes, we're all sitting on the floor like kindergarten kids. <laughs> Sorry about when he was at AC Milan about the pass he played with. That he just took over this not like then he was just talking us through his career and telling us about different bits and bobs of it and then a couple of years later i probably started to train more regularly with him or a year later or so and he was an unbelievable player an unbelievable yeah. he was yeah he was an unbelievable player he was just you know just again he just epitomized that era at west ham you know that sort of he he could be absolutely mesmeric, but then he could be a, a petulant child next next minute. And as you said, then you know, he said in training he could be doing some great stuff. Then five minutes later, it's story time with Paolo, and and I just you know again just a personality and and just you know there's there's a thing on BBC on BBC Sport at the moment about you know one of the you know, the best transfers or the cheat the, the most bargain transfers of all time, and he's one of them, and he is you know he, he is. See what we picked up for him, and and the risk Harry took to get him in, and uh... when he used to pick that ball up on the little inside left channel, yeah. every single West Ham fan in the stadium could hear the seats hit the back where everyone stood up because they knew somebody was getting chopped. Yeah. Was he always it. does it though, didn't he? He always did it, and he did this this oh, really slow time. motion back hill, this slow, and he'd always like fake back hill, and everyone fell for it. Yeah, even the well, the crowd did. He was just, but the thing about it was, was that. You know, he did it on a Saturday against different players in the Premier League. He did it every day against people that played against him the day before. And he still yeah. goes that good. He was, um, no, he was exceptional. Yeah, top man. Top man. Right, so there's one spot left. Some good players could be in there. Who's he going to be, Daryl? Uh, Defoe. Jermaine, yeah. So, what a goal scorer. Um, he was, you play a five-a-side in training and you're playing for a minute. And Jermaine would have got five goals. He was just out of his feet shot, left foot, right foot. It was just like, bang, so quick that nobody was even set for him to shoot. It was so, so quick. He was, um, yeah. I think, movement, sharp, confident, cockiness. He had that He had that, um, that good arrogance, what I'd say. You know, he was funny. He was full of himself. We're not in a, we are, everyone loved him for it because he was so good. Yeah. Uh, top, top player. He really was yeah. top player. Yeah, no, he was. He wasn't just a, nat a natural guy. I mean, everyone we've interviewed who, who's you know from who, who played with him, yeah, just the most natural goal scorer they've ever seen. You know, play. He was just oh, he was unbelievable. He's, his very first game for the club was would have been my first game. We played Southampton away on the seventeens. It was we won six one. I actually got a goal and he got five. <laughs> he walked back across the pitch and I think he brought the Tony Carr 
who was managing the under-19s, he went, please don't put me in that team again, I'm too good for that, and just carried on walking. <laughs> and that was just, he was, uh, he was top class, he was top class. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And, and, that, and that's the team, man, that's the team, there it is. There it is, I tell you what, that's, that ain't a bad team at all, Dale, bloody hell. I wouldn't mind managing that on Saturday. No, I mean, <laughs> who have you got the weekend, Dale, who have you got next? Uh, we've got Bromley away, Bromley away Saturday. <laughs> Oh, and obviously you had a yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we've had, we've had Danny on, and obviously Aldershot beat you. Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. 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 better, better Monday for sure. We yeah. went very brilliant. Listen, Daryl, mate. Look, I want you, don't want you to spend any more time away from your little, from your daughter. Um, thank you so much, man. It's been a right giggle. Thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Mate. Cheers, man. Obviously, thank you to everyone for watching or listening, whatever it is. Whatever you've done, give it a like, give it a share. And from myself and from Daryl, that way, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Get those jabs when you get your appointments. Uh, Calvin, you irons, and I'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much love. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.